Uh, well, friends, it is good to be with you today. It's good to celebrate life. It's good to celebrate the sacraments. We get to have baptism today, and later we get to come to the Lord's table. Word and sacrament, that's just a little thing that we talk about here as being Lutherans. And it's good to be sharing that together with you today. On this second Sunday of Advent, we're already into the second Sunday of Advent, friends. Continuing on this journey. Advent, that Latin word that means coming. And for us, we declare that he comes. Jesus is coming. And we celebrate this time of the year every year in preparation, preparing our hearts, focusing our attention on the coming of Jesus. And every year that we do this, it begs a question. Hasn't Jesus already come? I mean, hasn't he already shown up? So why are we taking this time and speaking about him coming as if it's something that's happening today? That's a good question, but there's a reason. And the answer is this. The birth of Jesus Christ isn't just some singular separate event in history. The birth of Jesus is a part of a story, a story that we are a part of too. It's a story that begins in Genesis and in creation, continues on through the law and the prophets, goes on forward into the gospels, then continues on into the church through the letters of Paul and finally culminating in the return of Jesus. All of that is a part of the story. And we want to hear that story and become a part of that story because Jesus is at the very center of all of that story. But here's the thing. It's very easy for us human beings to kind of get into a place where we think of Jesus primarily as a figure from the past. It's kind of like when we just come to Christmas and we pull out all the decorations, right? And then we take out the manger scene and we dust it off and we put it up on the mantle and we put all the pieces out there for, for the Advent and Christmas season. And then Christmas comes and Christmas goes and we pack it all back up, put it back in the box and say, okay, we don't have to deal with that until next year. It's easy for us to think that way and as a matter of fact, there are a lot of pressures on us to just consider Jesus as, as some you know, maybe irrelevant piece of the past, just something back there that we talk about a bit today. How do we deal with that? I mean, how do we overcome that temptation of making Jesus into just some kind of sentimental or nostalgic piece of history? Well, we do it by hearing God's promises. By hearing God's promises. Because here's the truth about God's promises. God's promises presented in the past are to be received in the present. Let me say that again. God's promises proclaimed to us and presented to us in the past are to be received in the present, in the here and now. How do I know this? I know this because of the way that God refers to himself. The way that God introduces himself, as a matter of fact, in the scriptures. And to, to get that, we got to go all the way back to the book of Exodus. If you have your Bibles with you this morning, you have them on a phone, you're welcome to take them out and open up to the book of Exodus. It's the second book in the Pentateuch, the five first books of the Bible, Genesis and then Exodus. And we're going to be in Exodus chapter 3 today for a little bit. And I want to just kind of set the stage for you. This is the story of Moses. And the deal is this, God is introducing himself to Moses, and he's giving Moses a mission. And that mission is to go back and speak on his behalf to Israel 
and to Egypt and to declare to those who had been in bondage in Egypt that it was time for them to be set free. It was time for them to come in to a new place and a new land. And while God is having this conversation with Moses, this is what Moses begins to say in verse 13 of chapter 3. Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, What is his name? Then what shall I tell them? God said to Moses, I am who I am. This is what you are to say to the Israelites. I am has sent me to you. God also said to Moses, Say to the Israelites, The Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has sent me to you. This is my name forever. The name you shall call me from generation to generation. Powerful things. Three things that come to us right in this passage of God introducing himself. He talks about himself as the God of the past, right? The God who was, the God who was the father of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Those would all have been fathers and, and history that the Israelites would have known about. But it was in their past. And God is saying, yes, I am the God who was there in the past. But he also speaks towards the future. After declaring his name, he says, this is my name forever and shall be for generation to generation. He's now speaking forward into the future, saying, this is how I am to be referred to. This is my name. And God reveals his name in the present, in the present tense. He doesn't introduce himself as saying, I'm the God who was, I was, or I will be. Instead, he says, I am. I am who I am. Tell them, I am has sent me to you. It doesn't roll off the tongue real easily, does it? It's like, really? Your, your name is going to be I am. But it's a powerful statement. Because in that, God is summing up the totality of who he is. And he's also reminding us of something else, too. When God says, I am, it's a clear message to you and me. And you know what that message is to me? I am not. I am not. The God who says, I am, is here to declare that boldly to you and to me. It's a promise that he is giving to Israel as he prepares to rescue them, take them out of bondage, bring them forward into a new land that he has prepared for them, a land known as the promised land. So here's God beginning his promise, declaring that promise. God's promise is revealed to Israel that he would rescue them from bondage in Egypt and guide them into the promised land. But before they could see that promise fulfilled in the future, they had to receive it in the present, in the here and now, right now, from the God who is 
the great I am. Now, what does this have to do with Jesus? Everything. <laughs> this has everything to do with Jesus. Fast forward into the New Testament and into the Gospels. We come to the Gospel of John. And God introduces himself, and Jesus is introduced to us differently than he is introduced in the Gospels of Matthew and Luke. In Matthew and Luke, we have narrative stories about the birth of Jesus, powerful stories. But in John, he does something different. In John, Jesus is introduced as the eternal word of God, present with God at the creation in their creation, at the very beginning, the author of creation, one God, from the very beginning, and the enduring word of God that would be there all the way through history. In John, we have Jesus connected to God and revealed as God in the flesh, God with us, right in the beginning. And then throughout as the story in John's gospel unfolds, Jesus identifies himself with the eternal name of God, I am. Not once, not twice, not three times, but seven times in the gospel of John. Jesus identifies with this God who is present in the now, in the here and now. Listen to these seven phrases that Jesus speaks. I am the bread of life. I am the light of the world. I am the door of the sheep. I am the resurrection and the life. I am the good shepherd. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And I am the true vine. Jesus declares in all of these statements who he is, identifying with God the Father, connecting himself from Old Testament to New Testament as the God of all time, the God who was, who is, and who is to come. But most especially, he is speaking in the I am right now. And in each of those declarations of I am, Jesus is giving a promise. He is all these things for us today. Each of these statements reveals a promise of God that is for you right here, right now, today, and forever. Jesus is the bread of life. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus was born in Bethlehem. We sing some songs about it. But the word Bethlehem is a Hebrew word, and the word Bethlehem literally means house of bread. House of bread. I'm right on that, right, Arena? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it means house of bread. So Jesus literally is born from the house of bread and then declares himself the bread of life. But what does that promise mean? That promise means you don't have to worry about tomorrow because there will always be enough for today. That's God's promise. That's Jesus' promise to you when he says, I am the bread 
of life. We pray it together when we pray the Lord's Prayer, don't we? Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. It's a promise of provision. It's a promise to you and to me that we don't need to live in worry about what we're going to have tomorrow. Because in fact, Jesus says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. I have what you need for today. And by the time tomorrow comes, tomorrow will be today, (laughs) right? Jesus is present in the today, in the right now, and he promises to provide because he is the bread of life. Jesus is the light of the world. This promise means you don't have to hide from God because he already sees you, knows you, and loves you. And even the darkest parts of your life cannot overcome his purifying light of love and forgiveness. When Jesus says he's the light of the world, he means now, your world, right where you are. And those things that you want to keep hidden from him, he already knows, he already sees, he has shined his light on them to reveal them, not to condemn you, but to offer to you his forgiveness. That's his promise to you as the one who is the light of the world. Jesus is the good shepherd. This promise means you don't have to wander aimlessly in life, but instead you can fully rely on Jesus' guidance and plan. And... If you feel like you're lost, he'll find you. Because that's what a good shepherd does. This good shepherd, Jesus, promises to you today that he has a plan and that he will guide you in it. And he will care for you and watch over you. And when you fall and you stumble and you walk off the path and you feel like you are completely lost, and maybe you feel like that today, you can trust that Jesus will find you. He'll find you. And he will pick you up. And he'll return you back to the fold, carrying you in his arms, bringing you back to wholeness and life. Because he's the good Shepherd. Jesus is the resurrection and the life. This promise means that you don't have to fear death because Jesus has broken the curse of death on the cross and the same power that raised him from the dead will raise you into eternal life. Jesus just doesn't say that I'm going to be resurrected. He says he is the resurrection, and he is the life, and he promises in connection with him that you too can step forward into that life, and into that eternal life, and into that rescue from death. Death doesn't have any sting anymore, friends, and has nothing that we need to fear because Jesus is the resurrection and the life. Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. 
This promise means that you don't have to live in doubt because Jesus is completely trustworthy and you can count on him to bring you through this life until he brings you into your eternal rest with the eternal Father. These are words of comfort, but they are words of promise to us. When Jesus says that he is the truth, it doesn't mean that you then have to know everything. You don't have to have it all figured out perfectly in your own head. Because the truth isn't a proposition, the truth is a person. The person of Jesus. So to know Jesus is to know truth. And when life seems confusing and, and, and out of sorts, and when you're not really sure if you've got this all figured out, don't have any fear. When you put your trust in Jesus, he'll guide you. He will show you the way. He will usher you into eternal life with the everlasting Father. And then Jesus is the true vine. And this promise means you don't ever have to feel alone or abandoned because Jesus has connected you to himself and to his church so that your life is never without purpose or meaning. Jesus is the true vine. And he describes us as the branches, branches that come off of that vine. Well, life flows from the vine to the branches, not the other way around. So when we are connected to Jesus... We are connected into his life that pours into us. But we are also connected to each other. We are there to bear one another's burdens, to, to walk with one another, to encourage one another. That's that connection that Jesus promises us. So we're never cut off, never abandoned. Jesus has grafted us right into himself. These are promises, and all these promises are yours because God's promises presented in the past are to be received in the present. We receive these promises from Jesus, not as if they were spoken 2,000 years ago, which they were, but as if they are spoken fresh and anew to you today, right now, in this place, in this time. The great I am, the one who is all of these things, comes to you today, now, here, and says, I am, reminding us that we are not, but that he is and has everything that we need. And I know some of you might be saying, some of you might be saying, well, yeah, Pastor Darren, that's good, but... You don't know how difficult my life is right now. You can say those promises of Jesus, but, but I'm not feeling it right now. It's hard. It's dark. It's painful. You see, receiving these promises doesn't mean that you won't go through hardship and trials. As a matter of fact, that's another promise of Jesus. He said, in this life, you will have trouble. But fear not, for I have overcome the world. A promise upon a promise. 
It doesn't get us out of these things. Because a promise received is not yet a promise fulfilled. There's a fulfillment that is coming. But that is why we wait. That is why we pray. That is why we gather around one another to be present with each other in the difficulties, in the pain, in the loss, and in the dark. We wait. That's why this season of Advent is something we come back to every year. A reminder that Jesus is coming. Jesus has come before. And he will return again. But he's coming to me right now today because I need him now. And today, in this place, and every day. Lord, I need you. Every hour, I need you. We are a people of Advent who put our faith in the God who is and who was and who is to come. And he comes. And he has come. And he is here right now with us. How do I know? (laughs) Because of his promise. And because he promises to meet us at his table. The table that he has prepared for us. We talk this language of the body and blood of Jesus Christ as being the real presence of God. The real presence of Jesus here with us. That's how we know. Because we get to touch him. We get to receive him. And in receiving him, we receive his forgiveness. We receive his promises. And we trust and we cling to him saying, Jesus, I know you will come through. And I will come through this with you. We want to know that today. In this very day. In this very moment. So to prepare our hearts, let's pray. Heavenly Father, here we are. And here you are. You have promised to meet us in this place by saying that wherever two or more are gathered, you are truly present with us. So Lord, we know you're here. But Jesus, we ask today that you not just be around us, but that you be within us. That you would abide in us and that we could abide in you. Because you're the vine and we're the branches. And you're the good shepherd. Even when we wander off, Lord, it's just one turn to see you again coming to find us. Not with a stern look on your face, but with love and kindness to welcome us back. To heal us and save us. To forgive us and give us new life. And Father, I pray that anybody within the sound of my voice today who needs to hear those words and who needs to trust in your presence here today, right now, and your promises that are forever, 
would open their heart and receive you today, Lord. Receive you, Jesus, the one who is and the one who has come to be with us as Emmanuel, God with us. You are with us, Lord. Be with us as we come to your table. Be with us as we journey out into this world. Be with us every day because we need you. And we love you. And we thank you. And we pray all these things, Jesus, in your name. Amen.